Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Out of Date Cluttering. I am Kesti Ferugia. And I am Amy Ravel. And we are here with some listener questions this week. We are excited to have some really interesting questions, actually, right across the spectrum. Some sent to us via text message. Some of them sent to us via the Facebook group. Some of them sent to us in audio message. So mm. we've just got like, we're going to be jumping around all at like. <laughs> That's my attempt to make my words jump around all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) And this, we were inspired, we inspired ourselves. (laughs) As as we do. After the Today Extra interview, we asked people to send us their questions and you have. So thank you very much. So we are going to answer them now. Wow. The first Patreon supporter we want to thank is Stacey Avila. Thank you so much. It's been a couple of weeks, Stacey, um, since you became a Patreon supporter. We just haven't recorded a podcast, just the two of us since then. But thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we really appreciate your support financially and in spirit as well. And Rachel is our other Patreon supporter. We thank you, Rachel. And if you too would like to support our podcast, um, we always appreciate it. So you can head over to patreon.com and find us there or go to the show notes. Um, There's a link to it in our show notes. So go and find it there. And hey, if you don't know how to get to show notes, what you do is when you're listening on your podcast app, you usually just scroll down and underneath there, is show notes just in case you've never you've often heard us talk about it but you never know how to get to show notes the other way you can find our show notes is over at our website the art of decluttering.com.au slash podcast that way you can find um, all of our recent episodes are on the front page but there's also a search function so you can list go and search for any podcast that you may be listening to and you want to see the show notes for that as well we've got all our links in all of our show notes so Yay. If you hear us talk about something exciting, the link will be in the show notes. And a shout out to Belinda, who does all our show notes. So thank you, Belle. You're amazing. 
Kirst, I thought we should start the episode actually with Rachel that became a Patreon supporter also sent us this audio message. Hi, my name's Rachel from Mombok and my question is, what are some tips you could give me for decluttering my home with a chronic illness? I have severe chronic fatigue and other illnesses and I find big tasks like my entire home to declutter extremely overwhelming and I often burn out and get too tired before I complete a task. Thanks. I can't wait to hear your tips. Awesome question, Rachel. You are absolutely not alone. You're not even alone in the voices that are speaking on this podcast. We understand um, chronic illness from working with clients who suffer from chronic illness, but um, I also have several chronic illnesses myself, so um, understand it well. Kirst, what would you say to Rach about her question? Uh, To be gracious with yourself to yeah to extend yourself lots of grace um but also to just do it as you can so we have we've done a couple of episodes on it and particularly fatigue we spoke a lot about chronic illnesses in that episode so definitely recommend looking up the fatigue episode and that's the art of decluttering.com.au slash fatigue and you'll find it and that's when we talk about the power of two minutes where you can just while you're boiling the kettle or while you're you know, getting ready in the morning. If you go and put, go to put your makeup on, you can always just declutter your makeup. Um, Wherever you keep your makeup, you can just do quick little declutters. Um, And then obviously my biggest thing that I tell all clients is to be really thoughtful and intentional about what comes into your home, because then at least you're um, curbing the influx when you're being more intentional and thoughtful about what's coming into your home. And then you can get to the stuff that's already accumulated in your home as you go, or you can pay for a professional organizer to come in. Did mm. I cover everything? Sorry, Amy. I just no, there's this so much. Then. It's a brilliant mm. question from Rachel. Mm. I think, um, so I'll talk from my own personal experience and also from um, client experience. I think sometimes there's different types of chronic illness expression when it comes to decluttering and organising. I think there can be that overwhelm and fatigue in the thought of beginning. There can be that um, chronic fatigue when it comes to the actual doing of the project, so the doing of the decluttering. And there can be the overwhelming chronic fatigue when it comes to the maintenance. And I think it can be really helpful to identify which of those is actually the hardest for you to combat. So if it's getting started, maybe an accountability partner or joining our Head, Heart and Home course can be great for that. Even just, you know, saying to a girlfriend on text message, you know, can you hold me accountable to getting started on this job today? If the hardest part for you is actually the doing of the thing, uh, we often find with our clients that have like MS or acquired brain injuries or chronic fatigue and recovering from cancer that the fatigue is in the doing. And so that is an awesome time to get a professional organiser involved, uh, whether it be a professional that you pay or whether it be a girlfriend that you get over Um, having someone to physically do the work and carry the load with is really important. And I think the most important part from my perspective is actually in that maintenance because when 
you have those days where you cannot get out of bed or you can't lift a finger or you're in hospital or, you, you know, like what it, when it hits the fan, you don't want your house to go back to out of control. And so the maintenance is what will help you when those things happen. And, you know, they do happen with chronic illness. Um, it will really help you to keep that going whether it be someone else that maintains that or whether someone comes in. So it could be a family member or you might have your mum or your sister come in and they're like, what can we do? You're like, actually, if you can just help me get this back to ground zero, that would be really helpful. So um, I think identifying at which stage is the hardest is is really helpful. Mm. So the other couple of episodes that we can think of off the top of our head that are really helpful is mental health and Are You Okay Day? Um, so yeah, check out them and the fatigue episode for more information, Rachel and anybody else who's listening, who also finds it challenging because of their chronic illnesses. Yes. And you totally don't have to do it alone. You totally, no. whether, even if it's just us in your ears and that's a free resource that you can pop us in and pick the episode, whatever it is, don't feel like you have to do it alone. Cause that's a burden you don't need to bear on your own. Never. Well, Kirst, I can hear you pouring a cup of tea. What are you drinking today? Caramel brownie. Caramel brownie. Is that the only tea you tend to drink at the moment? No, uh, it was just the only, it was the closest, it's the closest. <laughs> <laughs> and I was rushing to get in here to record with you. So um, mm. I've drunk caramel brownie all day actually because it is the one that I take out to clients because mm-hmm. it doesn't go bitter um, in yes, my tea Yes, you really don't fermises. like the bitter tea. No, who likes bitter tea? Well, I like the bitter teas. Tea. I like like the green teas and the jasmine no, teas and the Chinese teas. But do you teas. like it when it goes bitter? Well, they're bitter to start with. Yeah, so but I when don't they go necessarily even bitter. Mind. <laughs> no, but sometimes I will put a little bit of cold water in. Like once the time it's cold, I'll put a little bit of cold water in to reduce the intensity of the bitterness, but I do like yeah. the bitter. Yeah, see, I don't mind a green tea, but if I leave it brewing for too long, mm. I don't like it. And so caramel brownie doesn't matter how long you sit it in water, it just never goes bitter. So that's why I love it. But I am Good loving friend. my creme brulee and my lamington and my Jaffalicious, as always. So anyway, T2 people, get on it. We really need to get them to sponsor our podcast. We really do. <laughs> we drink so much T2 while we record. <laughs> All right, next question is from Owen Gray. He sent us a couple because he's my friend, our friend, um, and he sends me text messages encouraging me all the time. He's such a great friend. So he asks, his first one is, have you ever decluttered a commercial office space, not a home office, but a commercial office space? Have you, Amy? I have. Um, Funnily enough, never in Melbourne though. (laughs) So I've done commercial office spaces in Brisbane, in um, Redland Bay and in Hobart. So there's three times I've done like commercial, commercial office space. So a business that isn't, that has lots of employees coming and going and customers and clients and that type of thing. And I love it. It is so good for systems. um, And it's so good just to set up a way that offices can run more smoothly and more efficiently. So yeah, it's a, it's a great joy. What about you, Kirst? Yes. Well, actually I didn't do the actual decluttering. I went in and coached all their staff on how to do it. 
So, um, yeah, it was a business in Sydney. Um, one of our beautiful listeners worked there. And so she contacted me to come in. They were doing a big office move. And so they wanted to get their staff to declutter their current office spaces um, so that they could move into a smaller temporary space while the new place got fitted out. Um, but it was always going to be smaller storage space for them going forward. So just wanted me to come in and speak to everybody individually. So I went around like hot desks all the way around the office to ask them what their, um, how they work in their space and what they need to keep and what will that look like in the new temporary space and what will that look like in the future space. So that was super fun and I loved it and if any of you need us to come and do that, we clearly love it and we'd love to help you in your commercial office space as well. Yeah, absolutely. And the next question is from Owen as well, and he wants to know, have either of us ever decluttered a storage unit? You certainly have. <laughs> oh, I love it. Have you? No, I actually haven't, and I'm desperate to. I'm really, really desperate to. <laughs> I've got so, one friend in particular who she's also desperate for me to help her mum. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it a few different ways, actually. So we've got an episode, um, if you just visit the website, slash storage units, you'll find that episode's in the show notes as well. Um, but I've done it a few different ways. So I've helped clients who have storage units to completely clear them out and then not have to pay for it anymore and usually to declutter like 80, 90% of what's in the storage unit and then to bring the remainder into the home to decide what to do with it. I've helped clients to declutter and use a storage unit in the short term. So um, one in particular is she actually never visited the storage unit herself. So myself and our staff went, hired the storage unit for her, got a truck, got everything from her house that she didn't need immediately, put it in the storage unit. She moved to Tasmania and then it was organised to be shipped over for her. So we've used it in a short-term capacity. Um, have I done any others? And I've done a few quotes for people in storage units. One of the things that blows my mind, Kirst, and I know we've talked about this many times, is the cost of storage units. Mm-hmm. And the therefore cost-benefit analysis of having a storage unit means that everything in it effectively is depreciating in its overall value because you're paying to keep it. And so I I would love to be able to do more storage units because I think it really does bring quick freedom. And I think that clients in Sydney and Melbourne would benefit greatly from having our teams out to do storage units. Yeah, definitely. Get my, I, I'm literally had dinner with my friend on Friday night last week and she her dad is very keen to have me out her mum not so much (laughs) not because it's me but because she's um very not in love with her storage unit and um um I think also um carries a little bit of um shame and guilt like is very private so it is kind of me (laughs) in that I am their daughter's really good friend. And so, um, but she's not keen to have anybody do it. So, but I'm always there ready and waiting for you, my friend. So bring it on. Bring (laughs) it on. But good questions, Owen. Thank you as always. 
And our wonderful friend Nina Bishop has asked the next one. So what are your tips on decluttering a relationship? For example, many of us have a friend or even an organization that consumes time, sometimes on a daily basis. Although we may like the person or club, the time and attention they demand takes away from family or work time. What's your advice on decluttering the time wasters without hurting their feelings? And I'm not talking about people who true who truly who we truly need to help. We truly need our help, I think. Yeah. Uh, but rather the habit of a daily phone call or let's meet for lunch is more than we're able to give. Mm, good question good question Nina and such a thoughtful question like that when you're at that level of decluttering you're starting to be intentional in your relationships um so what I think I would start by framing it rather than decluttering a friendship as being intentional in your friendships and being intentional how you use your time um I don't know that I would possibly frame it as decluttering but I get exactly why people would call it that any help there Kess I feel like I'm oh, caught no, in like, two worlds like I think it is a little bit of decluttering but it's also a whole lot of being intentional yeah um and I think that this is different for different people and uh, different personalities I think some people are really good at um they just don't have time for those and they're, and they're not inclined to have time for those people um, and those organisations, it's not, it's not just about people, it's about things and, and groups, you know, maybe Facebook is one of them for you, <laughs> um, about things that we do need to uh, let go of the expectations of ourselves mm. and reset expectations for other people. I think some people are amazing at doing that just by the very nature of their personality and then I think for a lot of us, it can be very difficult because of our personality, because we're so empathetic. And I know Nina is hugely empathetic and has a heart for people. And so I think for people like Nina, this can be a real challenge um, to put some boundaries in place around what it is, um, what you are going to put your hand to and what you're going to put your time to, especially if it is taking away time from the things that you really do want to spend time on. Um, so it's challenging. There's a big sense in which the power of no needs mm-hmm. to be exercised when you're in these situations. Um, I think personally as a full-time worker and being involved in our local church and being involved in the basketball club the kids are involved in and being involved in the school, that there is more freedom, I think, as a full-time worker to just be able to say no to things. Um, I know there's plenty of people that would love me to go out to lunch once a week with that particular group and I just have to say no and it's it's not even, um, as you said, Nina, it's not even that you don't like them. It's that you just don't have the capacity to engage at that level. And, and no is a perfectly fine thing to say or to suggest options. Like I couldn't do that, but I could do Zoom drinks on a Friday night at eight or nine. You know, there, there are ways that you can take a relationship in the direction that you have capacity for, I think, as well. And I think it also um, helps to be honest about your situation um, and say, you know what, my family are really 
um, needing a lot of my attention at the moment for whatever reason. And you don't even need to give a reason. You don't need to give an explanation. The power of no sits in and of itself. However, uh, it can be helpful for a lot of people to understand why your no is a no and understand. And so giving an explanation around that can be helpful. So, you know, when you're not answering a phone, you're choosing not to answer a phone call, um, you can send back a text message and say, hey, I'm so sorry, I'm really busy today. Can I give you a call on Saturday? Um, Or, you know, if it's an organization that are wanting your time, just say, I'm so sorry, things have changed in my family dynamics and I'm just not able to commit to being the president of the preschool anymore or mm-hmm. the president of the Rotary or the secretary or the treasurer, whatever it is, and just saying, hey, I've just got to step down from this at the moment, my season is changing or whatever it is, um, and just being honest that your boundaries, like it's been you that have crossed your own boundaries. You know, they may have been asking you to cross those boundaries and you may have felt like they've been pushing you to break your own boundaries, but it's actually ultimately your responsibility to be putting boundaries in place and sticking to those boundaries because when you feel resentment around that, it's because you haven't been firm in those boundaries. It's... And we often take that resentment out on the other person or the other organisation when actually it's actually our choice. It's always our choice to say yes or no. And so I think taking back that power and understanding that, that it is actually our power in, and it's our boundaries that are being crossed and it's us that we're feeling frustrated by <laughs> rather than the other person and yes I'm not saying that that other person isn't pushing those boundaries and pushing and pushing those expectations but ultimately it's our responsibility to set our own expectations and to help other people to reset their expectations of us it's a good wisdom there Kirst that was Mm. great can I tell you a funny story uh, that yeah. I th- I think, <laughs> why do I ever ask, I that I think people will relate to? So um, Melbourne has just come out of stage four lockdown. So we are allowed to have um, two adults in our homes once a day or go into the homes of an adult once a day. Um, so we've kind of felt this pressure of we're allowed out of our homes but we're so fatigued from COVID and we're so routine shifted for seven months of not socialising that it's really tiring. So I rang one of my best friends yesterday and we were saying, you know, we didn't do very good at doing Zoom calls in the second lockdown in Melbourne, but we were much better in the first lockdown and we acknowledged that we were just really fatigued and it was a lot having the kids home for so long. So we were then trying to find a date for us to catch up and I was just really honest. I was like, I really love you guys and you're like top of our list of people to catch up with, but I just don't have it in my system to do anything for the next couple of weeks. And so I think there was that moment she's like, oh, my gosh, we feel the same way too. So I think in, you know, Europe, you guys are really struggling. In the States, you're really struggling. Like I think, you know, if you're in India, you're really struggling. There's, there is a fatigue that comes from this constant bombardment from COVID that may mean that, um, you know, as Nina has said, that actually your needs and wants and capacity have changed. And I just love that when I was like, just put it out there with my friends, she's like, oh, me too. So we booked in a date in like three and a half weeks because that's as soon as we felt like we could actually do it. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And I think like one of the things that I'm exploring and have been exploring for um, no, I've spoken about it on the podcast is the Enneagram um, and understanding who I am in relation to the Enneagram and then also having that framework to be able to, you know, I'm meant to type anybody else, but at least semi-type people and then if you can kind of type them, which you're not meant to do, but, you know, say if I know Amy's an eight, then I can understand that the way that she's behaving isn't, is part of her personality and I can understand her motivators and her drives and her fears and then I can address them because of it. And likewise, when I know my number, I can sit in that. Let's vote people. It's a four or a seven. (laughs) So I was talking to a client today and she was like, she was, she's right into the Enneagram as well. And she was just said that she has so much more, she now looks at her husband like he's a human being instead of an alien because she now understands his personality. And so I think that when it comes to relationships, like Nina's asked, that understanding yourself and having grace for other people and the fact that they're different from you and that they may be offended by something or it may come across as offensive to them. Like, for instance, the number five on the Enneagram, which is what this client today was talking about, is her husband and I believe is my husband as well. Um, They have very limited amount of energy. And so they either have to pace themselves. So she was saying that um, she realised she's going to love me talking about her because she loves our podcast and she's going to get giddy now that I'm talking about it. She honestly is. Um, She was saying that her husband um, really needs a lot of downtime, uh, as does mine, and they had plans shift on the weekend. They were meant to have people over in the morning and then they were shifting to the afternoon. 
Um, and so in the middle of the day, he took himself out in the backyard out and they've got a big property and just took himself out in the property and just was in his own space and really gearing up himself up to be able to entertain for a couple of hours. <laughs> and she let him because she obviously she understood to let him be because she realized that he that's his personality and him being in and like my husband being an introvert I know that he has limited naturally he has limited amount of of energy and then on top of the any the number that he is on the enneagram when he really runs out of energy he's got no capacity so uh, all that to say that um really understanding people's personalities can really help you frame the way that you're going to respond to people um and and understanding what your motivation for saying no is as well (laughs) anyway let's move on to another question (laughs) All right, the next question, I can't remember who this is from, but I think it was from the Facebook community. If you're not on there, you totally should be. The question is, what do I do now that I've given away all the stuff and I'm left with baskets, boxes and random storage containers? Such a good question and a question that we come up against a lot with clients. We certainly do. It was done, the question was from Laurie. So Thanks, Laurie. Yeah. Um, (laughs) all the time we have this because (laughs) when we go into homes because we uh, uh, there's very very rarely a day where we are actually doing the work when we're going over stored stuff that is in containers (laughs) that we don't end up with leftover containers and I think what lots of people don't know is that op shops love those containers because they fly off the shelves. And so even though you think, oh, they're bulky or they don't match, you can still donate them um, or you can use them for different purposes. Like you might be able to use them. You've been using them for baby clothes. The babies have grown up. You might use it for gardening supplies. Um, and that's so we talk about a, a lot in our episode on containers, which you can find the link to in the show notes. But there is a real benefit to when you're purchasing storage containers to stick with one type when you're going for a particular size. So say you're going for like a large storage container, don't just buy whatever's on special because it's really difficult then to stack them and find lids if one cracks and all that type of stuff. Um, But you can repurpose them in different areas. So we've had ones that were used for clothes that are now being used for camping supplies. We've got containers that used to be used for puzzles that are now being used for tools. So there is that um, ability to cross-purpose but also donate them. And really great to be able to take everything to the op shop or thrift store. You can just put them in the container that you're letting go of. So, yeah, definitely let them go um, and don't hot. So another thing that we say to clients all the time when we're, when we're in the middle of, say we're doing a whole house declutter, when we're in the middle, we say, okay, let's put all these containers in the garage or in a storage space because we don't know what we need yet. And we may be able to repurpose these containers mm-hmm. somewhere else in the house. But when we're done... <laughs> We will take containers for you to the op shop. So, um, but yeah, so there's definitely a time where you might keep them in a holding zone until you've finished decluttering because um, you may 
find that actually you have reduced a few things um, and they can all go into one tub and actually the ones that you were using have got broken lids or they're cracked. And so the one, the tub that is still in really good condition that's sitting in the garage waiting, um, waiting to go onto an op shop, you can actually just repurpose that and use it. And particularly like when, like we find all the time that what used to fit in three containers can now fit in just one. And it's so picking that one best joy. one. Yes. <laughs> it's even more joyful when it all gets decluttered. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we want people to live with nothing at all, but. No, but you can get rid of most joyful. of what you own. <laughs> it's joyful. <laughs> Next question is actually for us, Kirst. That's a question um, for us to answer personally. Yes. So it's from our beautiful friend, Jess Gim, and she wants to know, are we the present organizers in our families? She says, this is not her strength at all, but her husband is amazing at it. So now he has all the responsibility for any major family birthdays or Christmas. I put in my two cents occasionally, but this is his time to shine, baby. It's lifted mm. weight off my shoulders and I focus on other things that he doesn't want to deal with, such as making appointments, booking accommodation for time away and such. Have a wonderful Monday, ladies. Thank you, Jess. We love you. Kirsty. Um, Simon, Simon and I share this fairly evenly. Um, and he, like, it's my birthday tomorrow. It's her birthday tomorrow. I'm surprised mm-hmm. we've actually gotten this far into the episode and you haven't already started shouting from the rooftops. Oh, it's, it's your it's birthday less tomorrow. Than three hours away from my birthday. Oh, hello. Well, your birthday will have passed by the time yes. this episode when, drops. When you are listening, it will be, you know, a few days a old. A days ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the 4th of November, people. So I, I expect to go to my front door tomorrow and open it up and see loads of deliveries from people all over Australia who have of somehow found my private address and, and, and are sending me gifts because I give you a gift every Monday. No no bribery intended. (laughs) No bribery intended. Um, Or maybe I give you a headache every Monday or Sunday when you listen to this. But in the meantime, uh, I, so I probably, Simon is getting better and better at this. I probably, and, and so how we do it in my, is I'll do my side of the family and he does his side of the family. Um, I might do his, I do do his sister-in-laws, like our sister-in-laws, um, but he does his brothers and his parents. Um, I do all of my family, which is mostly just bank transfers now. Um, and um, Christmas, they're always like we we just sit down and write a whole long list and he loves going out and doing the shopping for that too. Like he gets a bit bummed sometimes when I've gone ahead and bought everything and because he doesn't mind the actual shopping experience. Um, Strange man. Who enjoys shopping? I do not know. Um, in our house, <laughs> There's Jess, lots of people who enjoy it. I know, I know. Okay. That's why they're listening to the podcast. <laughs> enjoyed it just a little bit too much. We wouldn't have clients if people didn't enjoy shopping. <laughs> Uh, Well, I do not enjoy shopping, but I do do all the present purchasing in our family. But I would say 99% of it is done online. Um, I just, I just, it trains me so hard to go to the shops. It's just not something I enjoy doing 
ever, even if it's for myself, even if someone gave me $1,000, I still do not enjoy going to the shops. Um, so, yeah, it's all online and more and more we're doing experiences. So it's really, really online where we're booking at something. So, yeah, that's how it works. Do you family. talk to Cal about any of them though? Um, for the kids we definitely do. But if I'm buying for nieces and nephews, no, we don't have, he doesn't care. He and doesn't carry any mental load for any no, presents. no. What about for your Christmas and birthday? Does he carry any do load? Presents. No, no load. But I don't carry a load for him either. Yeah. <laughs> um, we don't do presents or anything. So, um, yeah, it's nice and easy. You are the Grinches. House. You are the Grinches. No, it's not. No, but the Grinch <laughs> doesn't do it because he, what is it? Because he hates Christmas? Yes. Is that why? I think so. Yeah, we just do it because we're not present people. So yes. we'd much it's prefer to go on a holiday. We'd much prefer to... Um, get a nice meal delivered. We'd much prefer, to, yeah, like with gifts just don't float my boat. But they can be gifts, everything that you just mentioned. Yes, but not, gifts. yes, just not physical possessions. Yes, yeah, yes. We Good have a question, um, Jess. Oh, sorry, and, Jess. No, just on that, we have a whole episode on gifts as well. So it is called um, 018 slash gifts. Just look it in the show notes, people. Look it in the show notes and we'll search it for it. How to decluttering gifts and you'll find it. Um, but, yes, we, and that's where we talk about um, experiences and lots of gifts ideas as well. So mm. next question is, not sure if I've missed it on your podcast or not, but wondering if you'd be interested in talking about how and what should people store when it comes to hand-me-downs, especially when there's a decent age gap between the same sex. I have five children and have been given lots of hand-me-down clothes from friends. I always felt it would be rude to get rid of them thinking I was being ungrateful till my mum brought it to my attention that I had an issue, which I already <laughs> knew deep down I did. So since mum's saying that, I've been able to deal with clothes much better. Well, I thought I did till I came across your podcast. Amazing. My house and I have never felt so good. I love, love, love my house and no longer feel like it's Groundhog Day or ask myself, where do I start? So thank you, ladies. So thanks for that question. Mm. We have a whole episode on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> called baby supplies and also magic wardrobe number would be a good one for that too um because if you've been given 15 rompers but you know that the number of rompers that you realistically need is six all of a sudden you've got the freedom to get rid of nine rompers because you just don't need them we find that when now that our kids are older curse they're starting to have an opinion about what they wear they have not until now um jesse has not cared ever about what he's worn until like the last until six months the girls start noticing him. until he become a teenager <laughs> so previously if we were given hand-me-downs I was very happy for them to look and they would just say like it don't like it because even if it fits and it's good quality if they're not going to wear it I don't want it sitting in the wardrobe taking up space I would much prefer it just to be donated and keep the ones they're actually going to wear that's for older kids younger kids Kirst Oh, I think it's a. I think that as soon as they get to about three and they're deciding on their own what they're putting on their bodies, like even if they don't care, like Amy's kids never mm. cared, they still, they were the choosers of clothes. Yes. So, you know, when they get to that age where they choose what clothes they're going to wear, um, you know, can open drawers or could go to cupboards and you're not 
deciding every day what they wear. I think that's the perfect time to start giving them the choice over what it is that you're keeping. And my rec- our recommendation is always as soon as you get those hand-me-downs, go through it. You know, if there's something that you don't like, I know we spoke about it in baby supplies or we've spoken about it in in some of our clothing episodes that I know my husband never liked riding across the chest for um, our daughter in particular, even though she doesn't have boobs. So, (laughs) but he just never liked those type of clothes. So if they came in, they went straight out because it wasn't, it wasn't stuff. And the same, like if um, we got some uh, like, branded t-shirts of um disney characters or something that i didn't like and they went so like i did the first pass and she did the second pass or or he did when we were getting clothes for oliver but amelie would do the second pass and i never questioned her like Mm. i never so as i did the first pass and got rid of any clothes that i i wasn't happy with her choosing yes or no to and then she did (laughs) the second pass and she chose like she and she's very sensory kid so she we would get her to try things on potentially if they were the right size but you know she knows now like we even when we go shopping she hates ruching t-shirt like the elastic in tops and that's really trendy at the moment to have all elastic ruched stuff and she hates it and so she's like not don't even look at those clothes mum so and I know that's um easy at nine but even at three there was things that she was very particular about wearing Mm. or not wearing and so we just always gave them the choice because exactly like Amy if they're never going to put it on I do not want that precious precious real estate being taken up with clothes that are never going to be worn I'd rather pass that on and let somebody love it straight away Hmm. and um, one last thing I would say to that is if you do have a community of people that do hand clothes around a lot there's also the opportunity for you to not keep anything between kids like if you know that you're going to pass it to another friend and eventually when you have another baby you're going you know you're going to get clothes given to you um, or you're happy just go to the op shop and spend $30 and get what you need don't keep anything like there's no pressure to you have to be thrift to do it because if it's only going to cost you $30 to replace the wardrobe or even $100 then I would question if it's if you don't have the space and you're feeling like things are tight um yeah have the freedom just to let them all go yeah and then just shout out to your friends when you do need them like if you've got a big community there's probably going to be somebody who's just that one season ahead of you and so you can say to them hey when that child has grown out of it can I have those hand-me-downs if you're going Mm -hmm. to hand them on because then you're only keeping them for a very short period of time and so keeping them in between kids um, as well we say in the baby supply episode but it's true for all clothes is um you may not see a stain on it when you first wash it but then if it sits in the storage container for six years um the stains have a habit of coming out and being very very well seen after six years so um just be very very intentional about what you're even storing for long term decent age gaps between kids Mm -hmm. so many good questions Mm. thank you to each of you that sent through um a question 
Thank you particularly to Rachel who sent hers through on voice memo. I know if you tried to and couldn't quite get the tech working, which is totally fine. We get it. Um, you always have the opportunity to ask us questions. Just come over to our Facebook group, which is the Art of Decluttering community. I think we're at like 7.7 thousand members or something. No, more. we just went over 8,000 today. Oh, didn't even notice. I told you. So it's really good. <laughs> you didn't even notice my message to you. No, because I haven't. I, I, don't even, I mustn't have seen it because I have not no. checked social all day. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's Melbourne Cup here today, people. It is. It's a public Amy's holiday. A public I haven't holiday. worked. <laughs> yeah, so we would love to see you in our Facebook group. As, as Amy said, 8,000 people who love answering your questions as well. So, Actually, Amy said 7.7. You said 8,000. So okay. the correct thing is as you said. <laughs> As I said, <laughs> I don't want to be. <laughs> anyway, yeah, there's loads of people. Yeah, there, it is. There is. Uh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of people, um, and we love answering your questions when we get the opportunity to. But often we don't need to because there's been so many people answering your question before mm-hmm. we even get a chance to. And often it's exactly what we would say. So. Sometimes we don't personally answer. Well, we don't. We definitely don't personally answer every single question. But if you do want a place where we answer every single question, then you could consider coming into our Head, Heart and Home course because not only do you have direct access to Amy and I always, you also have an um, even... Mm, an amazing group of people who love answering your questions, but you also get to learn from Amy and I directly on how to declutter your head, your heart and your home. And we would love to see you in that community as well. Um, I just wanted to quickly remind anyone that's in Melbourne and Sydney and does want or has been thinking about booking a decluttering session uh, before Christmas, you need to get in pretty quick because we have very limited spaces left before Christmas, um, which seems ridiculous because it was just Christmas yesterday. But <laughs> just send us an email at hello at the art of decluttering.com.au if that is you and you want to slip that in um, before Christmas comes along. Mm. And on that note, happy birthday, Kirsty, and good night. Happy birthday, Kirst. <laughs> See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you've learned something awesome today, we'd love you to leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook so others can find our podcast too. Don't forget you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at our website, artofdecluttering.com.au. So if there's anything you want more info on, check it out there. If you'd like to join our supporter community, you can do so over at patreon.com slash decluttering. We hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy the freedom. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.